0: and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, very exciting announcement today. This is my 101st episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a little shake-up in the release schedule. Um, I record these so far in advance. I talk about that a lot, maybe too much, but regardless, it's just to help you kind of understand the behind-the-scenes process over here at my prestigious studio. Um you know. <laughs> very professional. But um yeah, so I I record these so far in advance. There's stuff that I recorded like last month that you just now heard last week. And one of those things was an airplane episode. Now that's slightly more recent in the grand scheme of things, but still it's a little far out. And I shake up the release schedule so often and I've been trying to do it more and more to try to keep everything Uh, flowing well and in the zeitgeist stuff that kind of loosely relates to stuff that um, is more recent that I might want to talk about and just trying to keep everything um, a little bit more current, a little bit more entertaining, not just totally aimless where before I could jump from something like, I don't know, um... Halloween to freaking Zootopia. I don't know. That's not true. That's not an, actu- an accurate example, but you know what I mean. It was not... There's not, like, a unity to my episodes. Or there has been. And I'm trying to fix that. and trying to evolve the show a little bit and make it a little bit more unified, a little bit more, um, timely in a way. So... Uh, That meant that I had no idea when I recorded certain episodes when they'd be releasing, and so I had no idea that Airplane would be my 100th episode. I just didn't stop to really think about it. And so, yeah, this is my 101st, and I meant to do a huge big blowout, talk about something super crazy for, you know, the big 100, but, uh, alas, it was Airplane, and I didn't even acknowledge it. So... It kind of works out, though. We'll do a very special thing that I don't think many podcasts have probably ever done, and we're going to celebrate my 101st episode, because I'm an idiot who can't do math, apparently. So, uh, kind of works out, though, because Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors, and today I'm going to be going through and talking about all the movies that he's directed that I haven't reviewed yet. For those of you who are new to the show, I've talked about Inception, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, Memento, and... Uh, yeah (laughs) all those before so um now I'm gonna cross off the rest of his list and I'm really excited to do it because he's one of my favorite directors he's been a filmmaker that's inspired me for a while whose stuff I don't even need to know what it's about I am just gonna go see it which brings us to today because tomorrow's episode uh will be about Tenet I'm going to see it in a little over two hours I'm so excited but um But before I get there, I wanted to talk about the rest of his movies, and that kind of is perfect for our special 101st episode celebration, because I said I wanted to do something really special to me, something really exciting, and this is that. So, you know, it didn't work out perfectly, but it worked out well enough. (laughs) Alright, enough table setting, let's eat. I'm going to do the uh, the remaining movies I haven't talked about yet in release order. And then at the end, I'm going to rank them. And obviously that's not going to include Tenet. Tomorrow, when you hear the Tenet episode, I will tell you where Tenet fits into that ranking. Sound good? Uh, good, because you're not going to change it. It's pre-recorded. I'm going to start with his very first short film, actually. Yeah, I did go above and beyond. So his very first short film was called Doodlebug. Not many people, I feel like, know about this. Most of the time, you don't really follow the short films in in a director's career, because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really... Like, it's not the stuff that people are going to be talking about for a while. It's usually, like, film school stuff or, like, competition stuff that, like, gets you to the next step, but it doesn't really end up being a thing that people watch. But I was intrigued. I found it on YouTube, and I thought, hey, why not? It might as well be... Something that I include in this episode, and it'd just be something interesting to talk about. So, Doodlebug is a very, very strange movie, and um, it's, like, three minutes long, and it's, like, a weird thing. There's, like, a guy, you can tell he's freaking out. He's trying to, like, kill a bug. Turns out the bug is a tiny version of him, who's, like, kind of doing what he's doing, but in reverse, but it's smaller. And then, then he kills that smaller version of him, and then, like, with a shoe, and then a shoe comes down on him on him there's an even bigger him it's very weird it's very like impressionistic i'm not really sure what he was trying to tell me it's pretty fun though and it's definitely trippy Uh, i was certainly like what and then when the big version of him was there i was like what you know aptly it was an even bigger what um so i guess i'd recommend this if you want a three minute wild ride uh i don't know i don't have much to say about it except that it's really weird but kind of cool And I also realized that he apparently really liked Black and White very early on in his career, because um, that whole short is in Black and White, and so is his first, um, like, official film, like, his kind of debut, which was called Following, and is also totally Black and White. And there are are a uh, like a lot of elements of memento that are in black and white, so black and white was a really big thing for him earlier in his career, which I just thought was something interesting that you don't really realize till you watch a lot of them in uh like close succession and you really think about how they relate to each other so that's one of the things I really like about doing these director series is like seeing more of the like overarching uh like director trademarks that you can see as you watch a lot of their films but yeah, uh following. So this one is kind of forgotten. I feel like it's been sort of lost to time. I never really see anybody talk about it when they talk about Christopher Nolan movies. And to a certain extent, I understand why. It's certainly kind of amateur. It doesn't seem very professional. A lot of it's, like, technically not great. Like, you can tell when it's handheld because you can, like, see the camera move as they walk down the street. Or, like, the audio isn't always fantastic. and, And some of it's kind of just a little bit amateurish, a little bit film school. You can tell that... He hasn't really found his footing as a director yet, and it's also, I'm assuming, incredibly low budget. So a lot of that's kind of out of his hands. But regardless, I think it's actually a pretty good movie. It's very entertaining. It blows by. I mean, it's hardly over an hour. I think it might be an hour ten, hour eleven. Like it really moves. It's basically an episode of television, and I, I definitely enjoyed it. It is similar to his movies in a lot of ways. A lot of them, I feel, you can sort of pinpoint a bunch of random images that you don't really understand at first that you'll eventually see how they connect. It's told out of order, which is a sort of trademark of a lot of his films, and it is, uh, like, it's very confusing for a while. I definitely was, like, kind of following it, (laughs) kind of following it, and then at a certain point, it, like, takes a turn, and you can tell, like, certain moments are out of order, and you can see that there are aspects of the story that are getting revealed to you before the characters know them or before like a double cross has happened or even a big part of the movie is a haircut which can kind of help you tell time i think that it's interesting to see how it uses certain visual indicators which is something i really love visual storytelling you've heard me um like bang on about it in a lot of these episodes I really love when filmmakers use a, a visual element to convey a part of the story. So because it's black and white, you don't have color to distinguish between certain locations. You don't have that luxury. So they kind of use like certain standout pieces of the set to help orient you to where you are. There are like doors or posters or certain things that you can latch on to. And so you understand where you are. And then, like I said, the haircut or like, the clothes that people are wearing or whatever, you can tell where in time it is based on when that event happens, and then, like, you'll see that event, and... So by the end, you do understand how everything worked together, and so once I I saw that and, and understood how everything shook out and how the events had unfolded, like, how it would have been had it been linear, I thought that it was pretty... It was pretty interesting and it was a very admirable effort for like a not first time but you know relatively young director I certainly couldn't have thought of that on my first try and the the writing is pretty good like there are some good lines a lot of it feels pretty natural the acting it's not great but it's not asked to be anything more than sort of a kind of standard crime thriller-ish sort of thing that's not even really the right word for it but like it's not a performance-oriented movie. It just kind of requires people to fill out their character archetypes, and I think everybody does it really well. So, in general, I think this is a pretty good movie. I understand to a certain extent why it was forgotten, but if you haven't seen it, and there's a good chance you haven't, I would recommend checking it out. It's uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I think you can rent it, and then it's also on like, the independent film channel, which is something that you can add on to uh, Prime or... Uh, like Roku or whatever, you know. So, yeah. I would say this is worth uh, worth a watch. It's not great, but it's not terrible either, and you can definitely tell that he's finding his footing, and you can see a lot of the traces of where he'll go from there. So, in that way, it is pretty interesting. And uh, I liked it. Next up, Insomnia. This is another movie that I think has kind of been forgotten by most people. I... Again, I understand why a bit, and it's for different reasons. It's not because it feels super amateurish or anything. It actually really doesn't. It's got quite the cast. Like um, Robin Williams and, and uh, I was going to say Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, my bad. Uh, you know, just them alone are like giants in the industry. So it's it it doesn't really have like an amateur feel. I think the biggest thing about it is that it is sort of standard Like, it has certain twists on on certain characters, and the way it kind of moves things around and it plays with its its hero-villain relationships and stuff and the way it explores the gray area of a lot of these things that have been forced upon these characters is very interesting, but in general, it doesn't have a very distinct style. Like, you definitely can't point to this as one of his films, whereas I think everything post The Dark Knight you can tell like it's indescribable almost like the scale or the scope of it you can point to that but that's kind of hard to even tell someone but if you see it I feel like everything past The Dark Knight you can tell when it's one of his movies he just finds a style and like I said it's hard to describe but you just kind of know it when you see it this definitely doesn't have that this looks pretty standard like kind of anybody could have directed it And, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think that's a big part of why people don't really talk about it. And then just in general, it is kind of standard, it's not doing anything crazy with its characters or its premise, but for what it is, I do think it's very, very good. It's definitely elevating the standard cop thriller type mystery thing in a small town, you know, like the out-of-town detectives are coming in to investigate this mysterious murder of a high school girl, like you know that's twin peaks that's a lot of things so i like that it is it's twisting a lot of these things and you can see how the the villain that they're going after sort of becomes an ally to al pacino's character at a certain point even though they should be at odds they both are sort of finding themselves in a position where they've done things that they don't mean to do that have forced them to compromise their morals in a lot of ways and try to twist their way out of certain things and so I think that was really cool. And to see how they're sort of paralleled, but at the same time different, and then just like the the power of seeing Al Pacino's character undergo a lot of the things that he he goes through in this movie, it was all it was all really entertaining to watch. And it was a really really good movie. I felt like, yeah, that was pretty awesome by the time I got out of it. But at the same time, in comparison to what he'd go on to make I can understand why people don't really talk about it as much. It's just overshadowed. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Like, it's it's really, really good. Uh, certain lines and stuff that really stuck with me. Certain images and and just the way that he directs the movie. Like, like I said, it's not distinct, but it's still very competent. It's, um, oh man, just like the idea of him progressively getting Al Pacino's character, uh, I mean, being like progressively more and more tired and how that's really messing with him and he's starting to like hallucinate and and just the the way everything's escalating for him and and he just keeps digging this hole deeper and deeper in for himself and the the way like he finally tries to come out and tell the truth and then Robin Williams is like you know you don't get to decide when you tell the truth and then the final showdown is really cool and the way you see that his compromises have even sort of compromised um What's-Her-Face's beliefs, um, Hilary Swank's beliefs, like, that's all really cool, and just very interesting to think about, and the the final line that Al Pacino has, even that, it's really, really good, it's very poetic, he says, just let me sleep, because he's, you know, he's about to die, and he's finally getting a chance to rest again, and he's been, like, starved of that for the past week or so, so yeah, I think it's really good, but I... understand why not a lot of people have seen it at the same time, which is a weird thing to say, but if you haven't seen it, and again, there's a good chance that you haven't, I would highly recommend it. I don't know exactly where it is. I got a lot of these movies out of the library, which is to say all of them, because I've decided that I'm suddenly a very strong supporter of the library, because everything I want to watch, it seems like it's on something I don't have. I either have to rent it, or it's on HBO, or it's on stars or showtime or whatever and so I've decided that I just unless the movie just happens upon me which is often how it goes like I won't be looking for something but I'll just like see that oh this new movie is on Netflix I should watch that but then if I seek something out it's never where I want it to be so I've just been going to the library and getting books there because it's free and there's like every movie it's pretty awesome so yeah i i don't know exactly where you can rent this but you can go to the library all right so uh what's next because i'm doing these in release order the prestige this movie is awesome this movie is awesome i i love this movie and for a while it was actually my favorite christopher nolan movie even more than the batman movies even more than inception i that has changed a little bit upon rewatch i'm not quite as enamored with it nothing's wrong it didn't change i don't think it's bad but i just think upon rewatching the other movies ah uh, just shifted the ranking a little bit but this is still really really good I love how it explores obsession and how at a certain point, their feud has just ruined everything about their lives and it's gone so far beyond the initial event that sparks it. It's really good at playing with you. Like it really messes with you with the, the time and then you oftentimes don't see their tricks coming. Like you can see their tricks on stage, but then the really impressive master, not master, sorry, um, magic tricks that they pull off are in real life and once you finally see the end it's so good and it's so interesting uh i didn't remember exactly how everything shook out i remembered that christian bale there were two of him because i think a lot of those images just stand out like uh you know the do you love me today or not and then when you see the flashbacks of how they did everything like chopping his fingers off and stuff that stuff really stuck with me, so I remembered that part of the twist. I didn't remember that there were multiple Hugh Jackmans. I definitely didn't remember all the tanks full of, uh, like, dead clone Hugh Jackmans and stuff. I didn't remember that at all, Uh, but, you know, I think it's kind of valuable, though, to watch a movie once you've seen the twist, because while i didn't remember the whole twist i i did know that the magic was at a certain point real and there actually were two of him um but i think like there's certain things that reveal themselves to you once you know the twist stuff about the movie that even seems more impactful and more impressive once you know how they did it because like in the in the beginning when the birds are getting killed, like, before they've invented that new trick that can release the bird. Um, The the kid's crying, he's freaking out, and he's like, but where's his brother? And I was like, ah, I see what you did there. And then uh, the whole thing with Hugh Jackman's wife dying, and him being like, what knot did you tie? What knot did you tie? And he's like, I don't know. And it seems at first, definitely to Hugh Jackman, that he's trying to hide what he did. Like, he obviously should know, but then, upon rewatch, you understand, like, oh, no, he legitimately didn't know. That was a different person. Like, that's so cool. And then you see the the older guy lurking in the background all the time, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's Christian Bale. So there's certain stuff that you realize that they seeded very early that I think is really cool to see once you know what's going to happen obviously most movies are more enjoyable the first time around because you you don't see everything coming you don't know the twists or whatever depending on the movie but I think that it is also cool to see it once you do know the twist because then you can kind of see how everything's being seeded so I really I really like that about this movie and I would definitely recommend it I feel like a lot of people don't don't see this one either like a lot of people haven't heard of it or they confuse it with um uh, what's it called, The Illusionist with Ed Norton that came around, came out around the same time, and it's kind of similar. So I would definitely recommend this if you haven't seen it in a while, or if you haven't seen it at all. This is a really, really great movie. All right, we are on to... Oh, are we there? Oh my God, I think we are. Okay, this is the one that I am the most excited to talk about. Of all of these movies that I haven't talked about yet on the show, this is the one that I am most uh, interested in telling you guys how I think, like, how I feel about it. It's Interstellar. I did not remember this movie at all, except for the book games. <laughs> I remembered, okay, I'll tell you what I remembered. I remembered the robot, because that's just a cool design. It's very interesting. It really stands out. Uh, I remembered, uh, the time displacement thing, and I remembered the, like, the bookshelf time travel type deal and that's it that's all i remembered about the movie so i know this doesn't have a stellar reputation if you will but um i was so interested to see it because i didn't really remember what it was about obviously remember like the space thing and the time travel thing and like he's a farmer but like past that i didn't really i did not really remember how everything happens or what order it all goes down in i didn't remember Anne hathaway was in this I didn't remember a lot of people were in this. Holy crap. What a cast. John Lithgow's in this. Um, And Topher Grace is in this. Uh, Freaking Matt Damon did not remember that. When he popped up, I was like, oh yeah, no one knew that Matt Damon was gonna be in this movie, but he's in this movie, he's totally in this movie. And then I was like, mom, have you seen The Martian? And she was like, no. And I was like, we are watching The Martian soon. We haven't yet, but we have to because wow. But, um, But yeah, what a cast, man. And, and, oh, I feel like this is going to piss some people off, but I actually really like this movie. No, don't get me wrong, it's, it's certainly not his best. I think Inception does it better, like, a few of his other movies definitely do this movie better, like, they outdo it. But, uh, oh, I don't know, man, something about this just got me on, like, an emotional level, like, really, really so powerful i will say this is my favorite score of any of his movies any hans zimmer movie any christopher nolan movie it's my favorite hans zimmer is a good composer for those of you who don't know he's composed pretty much every christopher nolan movie and uh wow just the simplicity of the themes the beautiful like, the, i don't even understand how he, that's possible to capture those feelings through music, it's so beautiful, like I don't even understand how he thought of it, like I just it's so simple and perfect, and it just encapula- encapsulates the emotion of the moment, regardless of the moment, so well every time, like it's just stuff that'll really stick with me forever it's so, so beautiful, and there's just certain moments of emotion in the movie where i I just can't help but but love it like don't get me wrong, I think that the ending. I think it would have been better if it ends when he drifts off into space, like, after the whole time travel thing, he's done the thing with the watch, I think it would be better to leave it sort of ambiguous, more similar to Inception. Inception is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, spoiler for my rankings, it is my favorite, but I... So I'm not saying that it needs to be exactly like Inception, but I do think a degree of ambiguity with something that hefty would be better, because the way that it wraps up, I think there's two things it does wrong. One, I think everything wraps up just too neatly. It's just like so perfect that I kind of don't buy it. I don't know. Um, It just seems too too neat. Everything has such a perfect bow on it that I feel like that's not quite the right ending for this movie. I think something where they leave it more up to your imagination would be a better way to go about it. And I also think that the moment with him finally seeing Murph again does not have the emotional weight that it needs to for this all to work. The whole crux of this movie is his relationship with his daughter, and I think that it would have been so much more powerful to have a more emotional moment rather than her being like, yo you're back bro it's kind of tough all right peace i don't need you anymore i moved on it's like ah yeah but like he's finally here and he's alive and and the the emotion of you guys having such a dispar, disparity in age like i just feel like that should be a bigger thing you have a whole family now all of these people you do not know them i feel like you should be more impacted by that and they shouldn't all be like Yeah, okay, cool. Like, they don't even look at him. They don't even acknowledge him. I think that that's just such a missed opportunity. Um, I don't know. I don't think that that should have been in there if that's the way that they were going to go about it. He doesn't even cry. Like they, need, it's just so like he missed so much time. He's finally here, and the pride of it, and the the, the weight of how much time he lost with her, seeing her this old, this frail, it should have uh, an impact on him, and it just doesn't. And I, I really think that they whiffed that moment so hard that it's baffling to me that they kept it in the movie. So yeah, I don't think the ending really sticks landing, but. Uh, I will say that the rest of this movie is just so gripping to me. I really think that the the way that they show the time displacement type thing like this weird fifth dimension is so interesting, so creative. the um just the raw emotion of him watching the videos of his his kids and understanding that he lost 27 years in what felt to him as like a couple hours was just so incredible like I just don't even have words to express like I don't it it made me feel something so strongly coupled with the score and his performance was just such a beautiful moment and then The scale of a lot of this is so impressive, the black hole, the super cool designs for the ships, that planet where there's, like, upside down mountains, the giant wave, it's so cool, like, so many of the ideas in this are just so creative, and you can only see them in this movie, like, explored this way, that I I just absolutely love them, like, it's just a really, really, really cool movie. And I like the way it builds its world, like I like the way it just kind of drops you in, it doesn't give you all the exposition at once, you're kind of finding out things as you go along, and the idea of Earth being so far along that it's kind of destitute, it's, you know, we're running out of materials, we're running out of food, it's such an interesting idea that was sort of ahead of its time, and then the way that they're going to try to fix it is so interesting, and kind of what they're trying to do now, like trying to get us to colonize another planet and stuff, like it was a little bit ahead of its time and it just feels really unique and really powerful to me, so I really really like this movie, even though I didn't love everything about it and the ending did definitely confuse me, part of that might have been that my dog was really restless during this movie, and I mean I guess I can't blame him, it's almost three hours, but he was pacing around on our tiled floor and you know how dogs and nails are, so this movie is very quiet a lot of the time, very whisper-talky, and then you just hear all around the house, and so I will admit I've probably, I probably missed some of it, so that's probably part of the reason I was confused, but I definitely still did really, really enjoy it. I would uh, certainly watch it again. Uh, I also think, this is really quick, I, this is um, obviously running long, there's no way I wasn't going to, but um, I would have cut the brother entirely. I think that it works a lot better if you make the brother and the sister one character because the and the emphasis of the emotion is placed entirely on the sister. You don't really get any emotional moment or payoff with the dad or with the brother and his dad. And uh, you know, Casey Affleck's a great actor and everything and it's cool to see him pop up, but like it, it's not really worth it because you know, he is showing his dad his kid and, and that he's finally met this girl and everything. And I think that would have been so much more powerful if it would have been Murph being like, I'm sorry that I let you go. I finally have come to terms with this and I understand. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I let you go like that. And, and you know, here's my, my, boy, my new boyfriend. Uh, we're getting married. I have a kid now and everything. And then finally getting to a place where it's like, oh, I think I may need to let you go. Like, I think that would have been much more powerful because it seems like she's so stuck on her dad for so long to the point where it gets a little bit ridiculous. Like, okay, at what point do you finally be like, I understand why he did this. I understand what happened and I've come to terms with it and I need to talk to him again and not be, you know, so spiteful and everything. Uh, The power of her being, like, angry on her birthday. I do get that moment, but the brother is just such a non-character. Like, he he barely even says goodbye to, to, to his dad, it, it's kind of laughable, honestly, where it's just like, do I get the truck, he's like, yes, you get the truck, and it's just like, okay, bye, like, you're going for an indefinite amount of time, you might die, and you're just like, yo, but I, can I, can I get that truck, like, mm, I don't even think that's worth it, like, to ha- even have that in there, I think it would be more powerful if you just miss, like, if you just cut him out, but, uh, he just, like, he has no bearing on the story, and it doesn't make sense that he'd have such a connection to one kid, and then be like, eh, fuck off, other kid, like, it just, I think it streamlines it, and it, it definitely cuts out a couple minutes, which, this movie, I could probably lose a little bit of time, but anyway. Uh, that's not a huge deal it's just something that really stuck out to me that I felt there was a really easy fix for and that often happens like how many times has that happened where there's like a really emotional connection between a parent and a certain kid and then the other kid is just like meh like "Mm, whatever whatever with you other kid and you're always like why is the other kid even there if you're like why just make it an only child but uh yeah anyway sorry that I rambled on about that a little bit too long but I definitely think that that should have been fixed all right dunkirk this movie bores me but the end (laughs) grateful time i'm i'm just kidding yeah it does bore me though i listen i understand it's a great movie technically great movie great performances the ideas of it are great it's very harrowing there are a lot of moments where um i think like how did they even do that because it just looks so real and you know that it was real and whatever listen I don't like war movies, they are not my thing, so even if this movie is fantastic, which it is, it's just not my thing, it's not for me, and it's just not something that I would go back to, to watch very often, so, uh, unfortunately, I don't have much to say about this one, it's fine, it, I just don't, it just doesn't interest me. Alright, let's do the ranking real quick, and then I need to do Gratefuls, and then I need to get out of here. So, uh, whew. Number one, I already spoiled this, but Inception, so perfect, the ending is beautiful, the visuals are so creative, the performances are great, the action is very well directed, this movie is firing on all cylinders, I love it. The Dark Knight, same thing, amazing ending, amazing visuals, amazing acting, amazing action, this movie is so great, it challenges the thesis of Batman and it does it in such a way that I don't think can ever be topped, this is a really great movie. Batman Begins! started at all uh i feel a little a little bit underrated it's very similar to the dark knight in terms of quality but i do think it's a little more streamlined it doesn't go for as much so what it does go for i think aim like it it hits more than it misses because it doesn't have as much on its mind but at the same time uh just dark knight has such an energy to it that i just feel like can't be replicated and so it edges out that begins a little bit for me The prestige, I think is so underrated, the ending is amazing, the way that it it uh, explores its characters and it has a really like deep and gritty uh, character study of, or not necessarily character study, but like study of the idea of of obsession and how far I can drive these people to basically madness is really really cool and the way it does it is very uh, interesting and creative, I really love this. Interstellar, like I said, kind of controversial, but I really like it. The emotion is just so powerful. The score is amazing. The visuals are beautiful. You can't get another movie like this. So yeah, it's a little bit higher on the list than I think people probably would have expected, but hey man, it's my list, not yours, and I really like this movie. Memento, Uh, same thing. Makes you really think. I love the open ending. The performances are great. It's got a very creative premise, and the sort of like twist on classic film noir tropes is something that i really enjoy to see the dark Knight rises goes for way too much uh it should have gone through a few more drafts i think that it just has so much going on that it doesn't have time to really commit to any one idea and so it kind of falls flat where it should stand triumphant, and it's more disappointing than actually bad. I think it has a lot of really great elements to it, but overall, I don't think that it should be ranked as highly as its predecessors. Insomnia, kind of standard, a little cookie-cutter, but it does twist the characters and the archetypes uh, enough, and it does have a lot of interesting ideas that even though they aren't directed with the most style and pizzazz, I think it's still a really great movie. Following, like I said, kind of amateurish, but uh the same thing as Insomnia. It twists the stuff just enough to make it interesting and pretty captivating to an audience. So I think this movie is worth checking out if you haven't already, but I don't know if you watch it a bunch of times. And Dunkirk, listen, uh, like I said, this is my list, not yours. It's not a terrible movie, it's very technically impressive. I don't think it has great characters, but I do think it conveys the seriousness and the scale of this event very well. But I'm just never going to go back to watch it. It's not very interesting to me because I'm just not a war movie guy. And while it is impressive from a technical standpoint, I just don't think that it is quite as great as the rest of his movies. So, there you have it. We'll see how Tenet fits into that. I will say that while it's not necessarily strictly a quality, it, like in my opinion, uh, the, the, the list isn't uh, de- like dictated by quality. It's kind of more uh, how with what frequency will i watch these again and so it's kind of ordered by that so yeah i'm most likely to rewatch inception i'm least likely to watch Dunkirk if that makes sense so that's kind of how i broke down but at the same time that sort of translate to which translates to which one i like the most so they kind of work well together but it isn't i'm not trying to come at it objectively okay just keep that in mind Okay, this is running really long. I really apologize for it, but hey, you know what? It'll it'll tide you over on your uh, on your car ride over to inception or not inception. Sorry, on your car ride over to Tenet, uh, unless the theater is very nearby, in which case, sorry. <laughs> uh, maybe you can listen to it on some other time. But uh, yeah, gratefuls. Uh, unfortunately, recently, I'm sure everyone's heard the news. Chadwick Boseman passed away. Uh, very unexpectedly and this is something that is just so wild to me it it just that he could seem so healthy and seem so uh, you know in good condition all the time and he just had this whole other side to him the whole time he was battling this really just awful disease and he stayed strong through the whole thing that's just very very powerful to me and the idea that you never really know what someone's going through that you don't see. That's also something that I think is always important to keep in mind, but stuff like this really puts it into context. So yeah, I'm just so uh, very, uh, you know, empathetic and my thoughts and and prayers go out to his family and everyone who worked with him, his friends. I, it's just so sudden, you know, it's just something that it, I never would have expected in my wildest dreams. That he would be gone so early. He played so many really amazing characters, and I loved him as Black Panther. This one really hit me, I'll be honest with you, more than Stanley Lee or, or anybody, which I didn't expect because, you know, I, I mean, I guess I didn't expect this to happen at all, but it's just like, just, uh, man, what a loss, and just so, so early, you know, just, he had so much stuff left to accomplish that it really breaks my heart that he was gone so soon. It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't happen to anybody. And I uh, just, man, it really got to me. So, uh, like I said, my heart goes out to to everyone, his family and friends. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, rest in power. One of the one of the best to ever do it. I think one of the greatest superheroes we've seen, and and one of the greatest character actors we've seen. He's a really, really admirable guy. So gone too soon. So I guess my grateful is that I'm grateful for his work, his contribution to to film, and the way he inspired so many people across the globe. And just, you know, I'm grateful for life. As weird as that sounds, just uh, not everybody gets to hold on to it as long as they should. And so I'm just grateful that I've been blessed enough to still be here, still be able to talk about these movies and do the things that I'm passionate about because some people don't get to do it as long as they should be able to. So I'm I'm just grateful for that, and uh, I, you know, just be kind to everybody. It, you never know what's going on that you don't see. So yeah, I, man, just just what a loss. Ah, uh, all right. Before I get out of here, please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Uh, let friends know if you like the show and you think they would too. That would also really help out a lot. If you want to find places that you can email me and. Follow me on, on Instagram and everything and see whatever the latest uh, episode is and a full list of everywhere that you can listen to it. You can find that at moviesandmorepod.com. Great landing page for everything I just listed off and way more. So thank you as always for listening. I appreciate it. I, I do every episode. So, yeah. I will catch you tomorrow when I talk about Tenant. And until next time, kinda forever. Peace. <laughs> Sorry to go on on such a downer, but you know,